I'm a part-time rock star. What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 162, this week featuring my guest Greg from the Philadelphia-based indie rock band Unlucky Mammals. Uh, we happen to be playing a show together this Friday up in Philly at the Grape Room with some of our mutual friends, including Bees, Don Preddy, and Wisher, as well as my band, The Hollow Truths. So if you're in the neighborhood, definitely feel free to stop on by. Uh, should be a good time. And we'll be posting more about that on all of our band's socials and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, uh, Greg and I had a fun conversation about all things music, all things literature, and baseball as well. Uh, by the sound of it, Greg is uh, a teacher and author, and uh, does have a book out, a novel out. So um, I also featured his songs, Socratic Method and Engines by Unlucky Mammals. So you can find those on Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp, and all that stuff. Um, and then I added some links to the band in the episode notes if you want to give them a follow on any of the socials. I'm sure they would appreciate that, but uh, regardless, um, if it's your first time listening to the show, uh, thanks for doing so, and um, thanks for supporting local music and all that stuff. We always, always appreciate it. Um, and personal news and notes, besides Friday's show, uh, Thursday I will be at the Dark Horse in Annapolis with the Big Laird Band, playing from uh, 9 to midnight, and then uh, Saturday we'll be at Steinhardt Brewing. Uh, about 7 to 10 or 7 to 9, something like that, and that's in Frederick, Maryland. But, uh, of course, the focus of this episode is Friday's show in Philly. So, uh, if you're native to the area, definitely swing on by. Um, last two things I gotta mention, Part-Time Rockstar Productions is up and running if you need a music video. And Truly Strings Guitar Shop is the sponsor of the show, and they're based out of Laurel, Maryland, in the DMV. So, if your guitar needs a tune-up, or touch up or anything like that, definitely check out Truly Strings on Instagram. Without further ado, we'll get to the conversation with Greg from Unlucky Mammals. But well, I'm a part-time rock star. And I go to work. Work hard. This is an allergy for Socrates. A lamentation of irrationality. Reason and logic subjugated by fallacy. Everyone's going nuts about the Phillies right now. So, yeah, yeah, I was just, play, just playing hockey with somebody from Philly this morning, and uh, all kinds of stoked about Eagles and Phillies yeah. and all that stuff. So, yeah, man, it's a good time to be a uh, Philly sports fan. Definitely, even the Union. I mean, the Union are like uh, like two wins away from a championship. So nice. It's uh, you know, it's one of those times that all these youngsters are going to think that it happens like this every year and then uh they're going to be disappointed for the next 20 years of their lives (laughs) but it's why you do it yeah it's uh it's cyclic so is what it is nice um are you from philly i guess or not i am yeah. yeah so i i grew up in uh it's uh kind of like there's like a you know surrounding counties and there's an area you've probably heard of delco like delaware county 
maybe maybe, maybe not. It's uh-huh. it's kind of a meme at this point for uh, gotcha. You know, it's it's you you could check it out. But I I grew up I grew up around there. So, and then I lived out on the West Coast for a while, and then I've I've been back here about ten years now. So it's it's I've kind of been in both areas, but I've always been kind of central to Philly. Gotcha. That's a little while to be gone and then come back. Yeah, yeah. It's I kind of did a. Uh, a career switch and when i did the career switch i had an opportunity out here so i figured it makes it made sense to come back i got yeah. my whole family out here you know and nice. it's uh it was kind of an easy seamless transition cool well yeah i mean uh obviously looking forward to coming up and uh meeting you guys and hanging out i just figured i'd hit you up on the email and uh, no yeah 100 percent. we're excited about it i mean it's uh, you know we were we've been checking everybody out and kind of like i made up a little playlist of, of all the bands nice. and uh you know it's uh it really is a, a nice lineup of music so it's going to be a, a kind of a cool uh cool evening yeah um i guess i've developed a you know more than a couple of friends now up that way um just through doing this so um this is the first time though we've really tried to put a show together in a while I did like a, a small indie fest, but that wasn't in Philly. That was like Lancaster. So okay, I don't know. Probably still an hour I, away or whatever. Nice. How'd that turn out? Pretty good. I mean, it's like fifteen bands, so it's like I don't know, kind of a light turnout. But my hope is by doing some stuff like that, you know, then kind of build a, a little momentum. Yeah, so, word of mouth. Yeah, you never know. But, Festivals are where it's at now because I think people are more comfortable still doing the outdoor thing, especially in the summertime. So it's, you know, you can get a lot more kind of going on. Yeah. And plus you get it to play in the afternoon. I guess one of the hard things is that, you know, there's a lot of people that just don't want to oh, go yeah. out 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock and listen to music once you hit a certain age. Oh, so definitely. it's, uh, you know, it's playing at 1 o'clock in the afternoon is something mm-hmm. that... uh I'm at draw that age now, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. We went to see um, like Lawrence Arms or somebody like a kind of older punk rock band, and uh, I guess it just happened that they got a matinee show because the venue they wanted to play was already booked for the night. Mm-hmm. But it was like the greatest thing ever. It was like doors yeah. at th- three o'clock, and like show at five. It was like. All right. Right. If I'm uh, if I'm a promote, I mean, if I'm a promoter, you know what I mean. That would be kind of a niche I'd be trying to fill mm-hmm. the uh, weekend afternoon. Yeah, build. I mean, you can double book pretty much. So yeah, I don't know. That was it great. Happened. So full on punk rock show in the middle brunch. of the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can hit the mimosas pretty hard and right on Bloody Marys, bottomless. Yeah. Be good Just to go. Them down. <laughs> yeah, or not. You can be. In- you can be in bed by seven, so you know, probably be all right. But <laughs> <laughs> mimosa powered mosh pit, I like it. Yeah, that's definitely could be a new trend. But um, but now yeah, how long you be uh, doing the pod for? Uh, like I guess two years, a little more maybe now. So about a buck fifty worth of episodes, just people wow. from around town or around the country, I guess at this point, but. You know, usually it's somewhat local to the, right. the the DMV or, you know, Philly, New York, whatever. Yeah. So, it's been cool. And like I said, I mean, this will be like the first uh, bill, I think, that I've kind of helped put together outside of 
Baltimore. So nice. Um, I was able to sneak bees on there. I don't know if you've met them, but um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm familiar with them. I've listened to them. I think I thought we were supposed to, we were, we played a show, uh, this summer and they were, I thought they were supposed to be on the bill or they like the, the promoter had them like listed. So I had made a poster with them on the bill and everything. And then he's like, Oh yeah. wait, no, they're next week. So, but it's, oh, okay. it's, yeah, I'm excited to play with them. I mean, I like their, they definitely, they've got that cool, uh, uh, I I know our our bass player is a big uh, uh, gamer and he's I know he's he oh. likes the chip tune thing. Nice. And I know they get they get a lot into that chip tune stuff, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, they were they're cool. They're kind of like the first friends I feel like I kind of made up there through doing this. So I've had them down here a few times to play, but haven't quite made it up that way. So it'll be nice. good. Yeah. Last, last time I was up there was to see uh, the Menzingers play. I don't okay. Know if you've heard of them? But I have. Yeah. Yeah. Where was that? Um, I always forget the name of the venue. It's one where you have to walk down the stairs into. It's almost like a basement. Um, it's somewhat popular. I think it's called Underground Arts. Is that Underground sound? Arts? Yeah, yeah. It's, yep. Uh, that's probably what it's. That makes sense. So. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I had I, I teach at a high school. I had a student came, that came in the other day in a violent femme shirt, and I was like, you know, I kind of saw. I was I approached her because I was because a lot of times kids will come in with like every yeah. kid has a Nirvana shirt, but right. like no, they don't really listen to Nirvana right exactly. now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, they will at some point, I'm sure. They're all into auto tune hip hop right now, yeah. but uh, but I asked her like, you know, do you actually listen to them or is it just like kind of a shirt you came upon? She's like, no, I actually saw them at Underground Arts last night, so they were nice. literally at that venue. Yeah. It's a cool place. Yeah, I feel like that's where I've been most often if I'm there. But um, I've still been too scared to go see a Caps game in in, ter- or in Flyers territory. So well, I think right now is actually the perfect time to do it because the Flyers yeah. fans are so like over that team that they're they I think they've lost some of their venom. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Although they're winning right now, they got some of the some of the magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Well, um, I guess to look at your music for a second, it looks like you guys are pretty much fresh off the uh, iron or pretty brand new. At least this project looks to be. Is is that uh, is that correct? Yeah, or... we we got together last summer. So I think it was it was 2021, like toward the end of the summer of 2021, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we kind of. You know, we started, you know, we were jamming together for a while and started, I, I had a bunch of songs that I had written and we kind of started working on those. We started working on some stuff together as well. Um, and uh, kind of gradually we got to a point where we were like, all right, let's, you know, start recording some stuff. Let's start playing out. And we did. We recorded uh, one or two songs and played a couple shows. And then our drummer, uh, decided he was going to kind of focus on another band that he was playing in so we basically went through a situation where it took us a while to kind of replace our drummer and then once we replaced him it's kind of getting back up to speed with the new songs and everything else and uh yeah, yeah we rehearse once a week you know what i mean like in the, on a saturday morning so you know there there's only so much time in the day so getting to the point where you know, we're ready to record an album now. We're ready to start playing regularly. We're really just getting to that point. 
Nice. But it's cool. I mean, it's like, you know, I love the guys in the band and, you know, we I feel like we've got a ton of great music. It's just, you know, getting it recorded, getting it out there. So that's the process that we're in right now. Yeah, it takes a little while. Were you uh, always the, like a, the big punk rock kid, though, before you were a teacher and family man? I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit. I mean, I've, I've always More. been a little bit into everything. So I yeah. I, I like you know, I, I love, you know, when I was a kid, it's like, I loved like the skate punk bands, like, yeah. uh, you know, like I would, you know, listen to like, you know, DRI and, and like, uh, you know, minor threat and, uh, you know, suicidal yeah. and all that stuff. And I was really big into that, but I was also really big into like the, uh, you know, the eighties, eighties cure eighties REM, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I always loved yeah. the kind of the angly stuff too. Um, so it's like I've I've been pretty eclectic in the music that I was into, and uh, you know I feel like I mean you could probably tell just from what we've recorded we're very kind of '90s influenced. So yeah. it's uh, you know try, trying to you know do a little bit of, get it you know a little bit of that kind of '90s energy in there, but you know I also love a jangly guitar. You know I love a little bit yeah. of noise. So we're trying to kind of get all of that stuff into our sound. Yeah. I think you're working on it. You even got like a dash of surf rock or something. I would say yeah. maybe in there. Um, yeah, a little bit. It's a that that yeah, the one the Socratic Meathead is it has a very, very heavy uh, uh, surf rock sound to it. And that base that's a song actually that we wrote together. And basically, what it came that came out what from was that you know I, I play a jazz master. I had a uh, uh, like a hot rod I was playing through, and it had this mm. spring reverb on it. And it yeah. just sounded, we just kept turning the reverb up and turning the reverb up and playing with the trim. And next thing you know, it's like, hey, let's do a surf rock thing. So it's yeah. like, you know, and it, it sounds perfect the way it is. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it, it, it definitely does, it, it does a nice job with that in that genre. Yeah. It fits the mold pretty good. And the, right. the, the lyrics are kind of fun. Very, uh, American idiot, uh, esque, I guess you could say. Yeah. Well, so I, I mean, it's like I had never written, really written music before, maybe a couple of years ago, like kind of right before the pandemic hit, I yeah. started kind of writing songs. And I think a lot of it was just, you know, kind of an outlet for uh, complete frustration with the, the, you know, quote unquote, state of the world. You know, I think yeah. it's, it, you know, we've all kind of gotten to that point. You know, and in, in since 2016 and moving forward, just to kind of the sheer lunacy of the world in which we were living. And, uh, you know, it's like I'd think it and I'd, you know, try and think of a way I could express it. And I feel like the best way I could do it was, you know, maybe I'll start writing songs. And, it, you know, it just it just comes out, man. I mean, it's like it's I, I, I have a ton of songs that kind of fit those similar themes, you know, and yeah. uh, I'm actually trying to get away from it a little bit because I don't want to you know be like uh every song is like a lament on the uh the the state of the world you know yeah. like the uh, bad religion thing but you know i mean it is definitely a part of our ethos and definitely a part of who we are as a band yeah the uh the name unlucky mammals is that just an ode to like a cat you ran over or is that uh <laughs> no. No, actually, and it's funny actually that uh, our our bassist actually uh, fosters cats. So there's cats yeah, okay. like all over because we've rehearsed at his house. So like walking in, there's literally like kittens and there's like cats all over the place. So those are actually very lucky mammals, I would say. 
Uh, it's actually from it's it's from a Kurt Vonnegut novel, uh, Slaughterhouse Five. Uh, there's which is like one of my favorite books of all time. Mm-hmm. There's just a part where he's, uh, you know, he's he's kind of like when he writes, he's kind of like observing humanity almost from like a, like as, a, as an alien, almost like from a detached perspective. Yeah. And he refers to these two soldiers in World War Two who basically go into the woods with their guns drawn and they're about to basically get killed. He refers to them as unlucky mammals, which Uh, is, you know, and it's kind of something you could say about, you know, a lot of humanity in in many different situations. So I just thought it was a cool sounding phrase. We had a bunch of names that we were going through, um, but I did want it to connect in some way to, you know, I, 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 love literature i love reading i love writing i did want it to connect in some way to you know my love of literature nice so you're a big reader or uh cool yeah i I, uh have been as well um so did you just get like an english degree or did you do something sort of fancier or what i uh, yeah i uh i so i in college i studied english but i also studied journalism Gotcha. So I got first got out of college. I was I actually worked in print journalism. Yeah. For papers, that's what I was doing out on the West Coast. So I was doing you know in uh, Sacramento, California, Stockton, California, out in the Bay Area, just kind of working you know covering different uh, uh, things for for newspapers. Mm-hmm. And then you know that industry is is you know dying like like no other industry. So yeah. I decided in the teaching and that was one of the things that that brought me back over to the yeah yeah i I mean i write as well so i've i've written i've published short fiction and uh, i did one novel i self-published it so it's but i you know it's i do enjoy writing as well how long did the novel take you (laughs) it took me years yeah but it's it, the, the funny thing is, it's like I would start and then I would stop and I wouldn't touch it for two years. And then I come back to it and then I'm like, all right, I would rewrite the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And then I get to the point I would stop and I wouldn't come back to it for two years. So I was like, once I finally got to the point where it's like, all right, I'm going to write this thing. I, you know, I would do it like in the evening after work. Yeah. Uh, I'd be, you know, be sitting with my laptop in bed, you know what I mean? And it's like my wife be sleeping next to me and I'd be just typing away. Once I did that, it probably took me about seven or eight months to, to really just kind of hammer through it. Nice. And that wasn't also like a pandemic motivated thing where you had time or this was, was it? Be- this yeah. was before. That was BC. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. BC. I like that. Uh, cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the uh, pandemic I was playing music and I, I had started writing before the pandemic. We yeah. were, uh, my neighbor has like a little studio in his basement and we were doing uh, his, his, his buddy who was a drummer had gotten rounded us all up and decided we were going to be a tribute act for this band called adorable. Oh, with a nineties uh, kind of, they, they kind of bridged the gap between like shoegaze and like Brit pop in England. Yeah. They wrote two albums. They're really great. I had never heard of them before. They're not on Spotify. Their music is only on YouTube. Yeah, but I haven't he heard of them either. Into it, and he's like, "I love this band. Let's do this." So I was like, "All right." So we would go over once a week, and we're playing this band's music. And when the when the pandemic hit, you know, it, it all just shut down 
and broke up. Yeah. We were actually supposed to see the dead Kennedys at the TLA, that whole group of us, like nice. literally night, like in March when everything kind of shut down. Um, and uh, we were still debating about whether we were going to go. Thankfully, we didn't go. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. It was, uh, you know, it, it was kind of a weird time. So it was when I, we first got back together, I was trying to get those guys into kind of doing an original project and they weren't into it at that point. But thankfully it was perfect because I found Tim who plays bass in our band, who's awesome. And then eventually we ran into Jay, who is our drummer, uh, and he's amazing as well. So it's uh, when a door closes, a window opens. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um what in a nutshell, if you don't mind, is your book loosely about? It's uh, it's historical. Fifty words or less. <laughs> it's historical fiction. It's set in uh, 1920, and it uh, centers around the 1920 New York Yankees, which was huh. the first year that they had Babe Ruth. Yeah. So, fictional character on that team, and it's basically about the uh, the the transition from old style baseball to new style baseball where like home run became king and gotcha. uh, there's a mystery element to it and a little bit of kind of like a fantastic kind of element where you know where it, it basically there there's a plot twist in there that kind of uh, uh it's hard to explain without giving it yeah. away but it's it's you. it's about baseball basically but it's kind of a mystery as well so do you think you're more of like a literature buff or a baseball buff? If there was a tug of war, what would win? Although what? I became, so it's like, I love, I mean, I love baseball, but it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, I can go back and forth with it. I, I have a pretty deep love for literature. I will say that research, cause I had to do a lot of research for my book. I tried to make sure like all the players were there and, uh, you know, it's like all the numbers were correct and all the dates and everything else is correct. I mean, it's pretty amazing when you're writing a book about something that happened a hundred years ago, you literally have to like Google to find out, like, did people have phones in their house in 1920? Yeah. Uh, did, it's like, were there still horses and buggies along with cars on the street? Like literally you're trying to, you, you think yeah. about all the things in life that you would never think about otherwise. Um, so I did a lot of research, but I also did a lot of baseball research. So it's like I feel like because I did the research, I know a lot more about baseball than I ever would have before. Interesting. So you weren't necessarily like the biggest baseball buff ever. It just seemed to fit the. Or that no, like I did know baseball, but okay. I didn't. I couldn't have told you the, you know, the lineup of the the, the Cleveland Indians in 1920. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Probably not. But, there's people who can, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I learned as much as I could. I actually was writing a sequel and that had a lot to do with the Negro leagues. And so I did a bunch of research on the Negro leagues. It's, I mean, there really is some amazing stuff in yeah. baseball history. And uh, it's, I mean, that's the one thing about that sport that really does set it apart from, you know, so much else in the United States is that it's, it's so old and it's been so kind of ingrained in the country that, you know, there's a lot of like elements of our history that's wrapped up in it. There's a lot of, uh, you know, just just pretty amazing things that have happened over the course of it. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to research. Yeah, I can't tell where it is now. I personally have never found it to be much more interesting than watching paint dry. But <laughs> I mean, it's a good excuse to go drink beers in the sun. 
So I know they're, I know they're trying yeah. to like speed up the game a little with like a shot yeah. clock or something, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Yeah, it's what it is. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like, you know, you can't speed up golf. You can't speed yeah. up baseball. You know, it's a you, you, I mean, but it's the thing. If you if you really are someone who loves it, then you probably wouldn't want it to be sped up anyway. They're yeah. trying to get kids to like it. And it's like there's no way kids are going to get into that when they have something like the NBA where it's just. Boom, yeah, boom, boom. back and forth. Yeah. I also read recently that they're maybe they're trying out um, digital umpires in uh, the lower leagues, lower levels. To see if yeah, it's going. Yeah. And uh, yep. some. And it makes sense. It's why would you have, why would you rely on on an, on a fallible human behind the plate when you well, can literally have like a radar tells you exactly if it's in the strike zone or not? Well, I think the best argument for it is, I mean, being from Philly, you should understand. I think half the point is having someone or something to yell at. And it's much more fun to yell at and blame another person than it is a robot. I would guess. Maybe it's not. I don't know, but. If if the people of Philly have any superpower, it is finding something to yell at. Right. And so, like, who are they going to yell at? <laughs> <laughs> if it's not the ump, it'll be somebody. Yeah, I thought the pastime part of it was more the complaining part, more than the actual sport. Right. Um, might, you, might, you might be on to something there. So they, I feel like they're inevitably, I don't know, it's going to work in right. that sense. But I guess they'll get the calls right, maybe. I don't know if that... Yeah. So that's cool. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Other than Bradbury, uh, what are some authors that you like? Uh, I love Vonnegut. Um, I love, uh, like some, some of the older authors that I love. Uh, Hemingway, obviously was pretty amazing. Um, get me to Philip K. Dick, which is a really cool, like science fiction that uh he's he's written a lot of stories that he wrote the stories that became like blade runner really? and my report and uh things like that um some more modern authors there's a guy named jonathan lethem that i love yeah. uh he's kind of written some interesting cool stuff um i'm gonna have to check that out i always need some new book recommendations so i'm still kind of stuck in the past in many ways um it, you know well it's every every i mean that there's different eras for literature so yeah. it's you know you get like the 1920s you get like the you know hemingway and uh you know uh, uh fitzgerald and all kind of like the hyper masculine kind yeah. of uh, uh, uh lost generation authors yeah and i it, mean I think Hemingway was, you know, definitely the aggro type, but Fitzgerald right. was like the feminine. He was like everything aesthetically was just pretty. I actually think like his stories were pretty boring overall. It's just the way that he wrote. It was like looking at a pretty flower. It did like the same thing to your mind or your brain as that. But the substance of the story was like a little hollow or something. Maybe. I don't know. That's just my sense. Yeah, I mean, I I hear what you're saying. I think that it was like he had he he was heavy with symbolism, yeah. so he was he was telling a story, but there was like a story behind a story, yeah, kind of thing. So it's uh, whereas Hemingway was like almost the exact opposite. Most of Hemingway was, you know, it's like his his writing style was so 
almost like a journalist. It was like this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Like not a lot of metaphor going on. Like he's had some. Like there's a a famous short story of his uh, Hills Like White Elephants where it's basically there's all subtext about what, you know, these two people having a conversation. But, you know, when you can look deeper, you realize, you know, that there there's a lot more going on in a conversation than is on the surface. Yeah. But it's fun. I mean, that's the cool thing about literature. I mean, my wife is an English teacher. You know, I started out as an English teacher. So it's like, you know, we'll have those conversations in the house. We got like books all over the place. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's what it is. Fitzgerald's actually buried over in uh, Rockville here in Maryland. So I I tend to go rip shots over there on his grave every once in a while. Because he was a big gym guy here. from uh, From the R.E.M. song? I don't know where yeah. REM's from. Go back to Rockville. Where is REM originally from? Aren't they English? They're now they're from Athens, Georgia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have no idea. There's probably a thousand That's, Rockvilles, but probably like Springfield. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just keeping tabs on the score here. It looks like the Ravens. Are up by three, and the old strangely Green Bay is is uh, losing to Washington, which is very shocking. But I guess they suck this year. I don't know. Green Bay, I uh, mean, they're not as good as they have been in past years. I yeah. think Dallas losing to uh, to Detroit. Uh, they are now winning pretty decisively. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, there you go. When do the Eagles play today? Are they going to buy? Are they going to buy? Are they still yeah. undefeated? Yeah, 6 and 0. Holy shit. I going know. For, going for it all. <laughs> I, it's pretty amazing how they've been able to rebuild that team and uh Yeah. It's, I've, you know, I've I I wasn't 100% a Jalen Hurts uh believer necessarily. Yeah. Uh but really kind of grown on me it's you could see that he he takes the time to to improve and uh, kind of work out his flaws and it's definitely yeah. showing and the last guy we had you know i mean he's uh he was like basically went he was pure talent who just didn't seem to want to bother improving his game in any way yeah. shape or he's just like this is how i do it and this is how i'm going to keep on doing it and now he's just on his way to washing out of the NFL. Yeah, he's on the Redskins now, right? Yeah, well, he just went on injured reserve. <laughs> now Redskins are winning, I guess. So that might. Yeah. All right. Maybe that's a good but... thing. I don't know. Um. So you mentioned sort of where you are in Philly. I don't know how far you are, like from the venue uh, where we're playing, which is uh, Grape Room. Yeah, I believe. Um, I don't know much about Philly except for, you know, cheesesteaks and uh, my all-time favorite band, uh, Mischief Brew. But other than that, um, I guess we'll we'll figure out where we're all going and what we're all doing. Yeah, um, who we favorite band? Uh, Mischief Brew. They're now uh, defunct, but um, one of the band members actually still bartends up there at uh, tattooed mom and um 
I don't know. I always loved them. They were by far my favorite from like the. What's up? What kind of music did they play? Um, they were technically in the folk punk scene. Oh, okay. So like crust, you know, all that stuff. But right. um, I mean, I could send you a song that kind of encapsulates what they did. Basically, Eric, the singer and songwriter, was uh, I don't know. In my humble opinion, far and away too good for that scene or too good for that genre in a way. Like his songs were much uh, more broad reaching right. um, and kind of, you know, escaped that bubble a little bit, which I think if you went to the shows back in the day, there was a, a testament to that was just the dynamic of people that would go. It wouldn't just be your normal crust punk kids. It'd be like doctors or farmers or like old people. Like I spent, okay. I spent like most one night just talking to a sixty-year-old couple at the bar, and like they just love Mischief Brew, and I was like, I can understand it because if you've actually heard those the lyrics, like you'll get it. It's just a very uh, what was what was he like writing songs about? Well, he's partially, I'd say more than partially politically motivated for sure. Right. So always trying to bring into light a lot of the working class struggles of uh, the labor movement in particular then a lot of which went on in philly and then a lot of other crazy shit that went on in philly like operation move um right. where i buy osage avenue every day on my way to work yeah where civilians literally got bombed to death uh in the united states which hasn't really happened too often before as far as i know but um <laughs> anyway like he was big into that and highlighting like working class struggles but he was also um really articulate when it comes to just like talking about I don't know just more broad reaching things like he just wasn't a songwriter that you could necessarily pigeonhole that's um, awesome on so, Spotify Super. yeah I'll just drop a link over to you now um, yeah. but there's a song called uh, Old Time Memory which is uh, by far I think the most like universal of their tunes and it's super simple like acoustic uh type deal but i would definitely say without having heard them or seen them play shows up up there i probably would have never written songs myself that's awesome because meeting him definitely gave me like the confidence and just like i don't know just listening to the songs just kind of gave me the confidence of just like you can write about whatever the hell you want like I don't know. Right. And... Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's cool. Like, that's, you know, when I was started writing songs, that was the thing. I just, I had ideas and things I wanted to say, and I decided that could be an outlet. And, you know, and since I, since doing that, I've really gotten into, you know, developing melodies and, and you know, finding yeah. kind of, you know, and, and doing everything like that. But, you know, in the beginning for me, it really was about the content and about the message. And, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, I'm trying not to to focus on that too much with each time because it's it's it does it does start to feel repetitive just in from a writing perspective. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think having a message a lot of ways is you know you can see just from how you you've reacted with this band that it does connect with people. You know. And oh yeah, I'm I'm a thousand percent lyrics first. I mean, it almost goes back to like what we're talking about with literature and everything else. I'm all all words right. and music second. 
unless you're Dimebag Daryl on guitar, then I'm music first. Oh, but <laughs> but typically, like song wise, I'm if you don't have good lyrics, like I probably not gonna be into it. See, the weird thing with me is that sometimes I am like like it's like I'm I'm all about the lyrics, and some with some yeah. band I don't listen to lyrics at all. Right. Like radio one of my favorite bands of all time and i don't know the lyrics to hardly any radiohead right. songs they're just but it's like they're pretty yeah they're it's there and i you know it's like his he's he's making sounds with his voice but mm-hmm. it's like I, I i don't really listen to them necessarily and there's other people you know like uh like the national is a band that you know i love his lyrics mm-hmm. and uh i was a, I've, I've always loved bright eyes or connor oberst yeah and i've he's like a fantastic like lyricist that right. like you know those bands i'm like obsessed with the lyrics and it's like you know i'm listening to the music but really i'm just kind of like listening along to what this person is saying so it's interesting how with different bands you really you're looking for it as for as opposed to others you're just not looking for it at all at least that's where right. i come from yeah no i i agree i'm always fascinated with what's going on in my subconscious and like wondering, you know, why I'll like a certain melody or a certain chord change, like what it, what it must be bringing back. But I don't yeah, know. I always think after I come up with a really cool melody or a really cool kind of riff, where did I steal this from? And I yeah. start like my brain. I think it. I'm, I always think it comes from somewhere. Yeah, maybe something does. Like it's I. There's there's one song that we that we just started playing recently and i was i was certain when i when i came up with it that it was a guided by voices song and i literally went back through this like huge playlist of of guided by voices songs that i'll listen to like looking for it and i found something that was pretty close to it that i think must be what i was thinking of but thankfully i didn't steal it from robert pollard so he can't sue me for royalties well (laughs) even if you did Music uh, is just one gigantic rip-off fest. Right. That's all it ever is. Right. I, I don't know if anyone's ever come up with an original song before, but maybe. Yeah. So. That's true, like that, that uh, was it that the three-chord song thing, or the, uh, there's like a YouTube thing where this guy does like 900 yeah. different yeah. name chords. I mean, it's basically, if you're a cover musician, you start to become that without even having to think about it. Right, it's, it's all the cir- circle of fifths or whatever. So it's if you don't want to get in too much into music theory, but yeah, right. it's just yeah. You guys do covers at all? Well, I do personally um, a shitload. Like I do uh, a lot of like acoustic shows, like yeah. uh, like solo, at, like bars and whatever. And then the Hollow Truce is like my original outlet songwriting, you know thing. Right. Um, and then I also play in like other cover bands, so like you know, just your straightforward classic rock. I was in a GNR tribute for a while. I was Slash, right on. But, but then I became too much of a method actor, <laughs> I think, and, and and the wig got to me. Like it had a, with you. It had like a superpower. I swear, like it had a mind of its own. It was uh, it was strange. So I I think I had to let that go, but. I've- ask you do you ever do dinosaur jr covers uh no do you know dinosaur jr i know the name and All i right. know a lot of people love them but i don't really you, listen, you to them. listen to them because your voice 
is like the, a doppelganger for Jay Maskus, who's the singer for right. Dinosaur. Like he's serious. And that's a that's a that's high praise and a high compliment. We were we were listening to uh, we we were listening to everybody in the band at rehearsal one day, and I was kind of when I heard your song, I think it was uh, the Walls, which yeah. is a really cool, by the way. But nice. uh, it's we're, we're listening to it, and I'm like, I, I this voice is like I know this voice, <laughs> and uh, uh, Tim, our bass player, said that's Jay Maskus, and I was like, that's it, exactly huh. right. You got to listen. Uh, yeah, it's probably gonna freak me out a little bit, but I will. <laughs> um well it's actually funny too like you know uh like going back to bees who's playing with us at the show um mike i always tell him like he has some kind of classic voice i don't know if you've listened to his stuff on spotify but i i just told him it was like i don't know why you started writing songs like later into life because if you did it earlier i think you would have ended up on american pie's soundtrack right like, he he has that, that. Like yeah. yeah, like yeah. Everclear or like a lot of those bands, types of bands. I don't know all of them, but I feel like yeah. he has that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I it, again, it's it's I'm I'm psyched for this show just because you know there's there's so many cool bands that are there and it's it's everyone's got a little bit of a you know like the sound is just tweaked just a little bit with with everybody so you'll get a little yeah. something different, but it's uh you know it's 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 like everyone's connected in some way but there there's going to be a little bit of progression so that's cool yeah. you're not hearing the same thing for three hours yeah and i mean on the bright side 30 minute sets man roughly i feel like we'll be playing since we got five bands we are do yeah we it's i uh, i actually yeah it's going to be 30 so i know but, yeah, a lot of or sometimes people don't like that when you're in the band but i feel like as an audience member who doesn't know all the bands that's much right. better that's yeah it's it's yeah there's i mean well especially yeah if if you're look, if you're looking for songs that you recognize then you've yeah. got these signposts that you can latch on to but yeah, yeah, if it's just new song after new song after new song, I get that. I would prefer yeah. forty to forty-five minutes, but it's it's you know it's what it is. Yeah. It's we've we already we actually rehearsed yesterday, and I think we've got it. We got a set list down to thirty minutes. I think we were at like twenty-nine minutes or something like that. And we yeah. you know we got in there, so I think it'll be good, quick and easy. Our songs aren't super long, so yeah, you know we can we can get more. I think yeah, we I mean, can get. If you write one or two minute songs, you can get, you know, 15 songs in your set. So. That's the guy voices, uh, philosophy. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, you would listen to, do you, do you listen to guided by voices much? Nope. All right. I got a cool playlist I can send you just of their 90 of their, their, their 90 stuff that, that right. he, Oh, he, he's, he writes an album a year and there's usually like 30 songs on the album. And yeah. there's like, uh, you know, sometimes you'll have like one song will be a minute long, one song's like a minute and fifteen, a minute and fifteen seconds, but they're they're they almost feel like fragments of songs. Like yeah. I always think of the Beatles with the second side of Abbey Road when they have that uh, that that kind of medley of songs. Like I got it by voices a lot of times feels that way. Yeah, but awesome. I mean, they're absolutely amazing. I'll check them out. Yeah, I got I got some homework to do now, so uh, I think I'm yeah. good. Um, basically what I'll do for this conversation is, uh, 
put on um, Socratic uh, Meathead and the other one, probably, if you send them to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, Engine. Yeah. yeah, just MP3, Wave, whatever you got. Yeah, Fire no worries. It over, and uh, I'll try to get this out. Definitely before the show, because... Oh, I'm looking at the calendar now. It's coming up much faster than I thought. It's like two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Yeah, so I'll probably try to get this out next week. Um, definitely, though, before two weeks. Yeah, I'll send so. those files over to you. Cool, man. Well, it'll be fun uh, hanging out in real life. Yeah, Have a couple time. beers. Do it. I'm already... Yeah, sco- the, the, it's a cool venue. Maniunk is, uh, is, a, is a cool little section. It's kind of like in the northeast part of Philly. It's very hilly. There's like super super steep hills like all yeah. over the place. So, but it's 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 cool. There's like a main street section that's that's you know basically like all like kind of businesses and restaurants and things like that. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm a bit of a brewery snob at times, so I'm already scoping out the terrain and it looks like, you know, we got uh Manny Yunk brewing or something, and then we got uh a bunch of other ones I can't pronounce. Wissahicken. Wissa so. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of breweries. I'm actually a home brewer. Uh, I wish when I would bring you. I would have I would have brought you something, but I don't have anything available right now. What kind of beers uh, do you like? Uh, cold ones typically, but you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, like do you like like certain styles? Or are you more like a lager guy? Or just depends on the day. I mean, I'm always gonna go after an IPA to like to ju- to judge kind of where they're at on that. But like right. if if somebody's into brewing a certain type of thing, then that's their thing, and I'll I'll drink that. Like I don't know. Yeah, I brew I brew IPAs, I brew saisons, I brew Belgians, and uh, I'll brew stouts sometimes. So I'll yeah. do kind of that area. I feel like but it depends on the season. Side the time. Yeah, that's cool. At the end of the day, I'll I'll drink any cheap light beer, but. <laughs> but uh you know in the winter a nice snout not snout stout uh you know just right. depends definitely so. all right man yeah thanks for time yeah man appreciate you coming on yeah definitely we're looking forward to it yeah i'll be a fun time all right man later So yeah, I want to thank Greg for coming on the show and uh, thank you for listening. The song that you're hearing in the background is called Engines by Unlucky Mammals. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll see you out Friday at the show. Or uh, maybe the Phillies will be winning the World Series. Who knows? Uh, in any case, uh, have a good week. Later.
coming for us, tried to warn us, but we all turned a blind eye. Also spoiled, burning oil, now the bill comes due, we pay the price. Props are dying, someone's flying, soon we're drowning in the melting ice. Our only hopes to build a boat and float up.